0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad, four out of five dentists don't even know it exists. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast dedicated to us, the pipe smokers and pipe collectors of the world. I am your host, Brian Levine. Hey, today's show, gonna continue my uh, tour of what I consider to be uh, great priced estate pipes, really good estate pipes at a really good price. We're going to talk about uh, American-made brands or uh, stamped American-made stuff, so we'll talk about that. Uh, My guest, pipe maker, pipe smoker, pipe collector, and all-around really nice guy Colin Rigsby have some music from uh, Colin's Days of Music, and a mailbag, and the big rant from last week, I'm going to do that one this week. We'll uh, crunch some time down and make sure we get it in before the end of the show. Hey, had a fun one at uh, Davidoff on Madison Avenue. Besides the fact that it's snowing and raining, um, I get off the train in Manhattan. First thing I see out the door when I'm coming out is Macy's at Herald Square. So I duck in there to get a cup of coffee. They have 14 different places on nine different floors for you to buy drinks, buy food, buy a snack, one men's room. It's on the seventh floor, back by the third set of escalators. What a monstrous store. Never been in there before. But hey, anyway, at uh, Davidoff, I had a great time with those guys. Really good time. Weather was a little iffy, so the traffic was on and off throughout the whole day. But uh, had one guy that I talked to on his way into the store. He'd sat down in the... smoking lounge with a couple of his buddies smoking a cigar he came back out whispered over to me uh i smoke a pipe sometimes too but i didn't want to say anything in front of the guys so i'll check him out later thought that was a little funny he's a uh, closet pipe smoker around his cigar smoking buddies so hey let's get the show going special thank you to smokingpipes.com thank you all for tuning in sit back relax fire up a bowl here we go Welcome back. In just a few minutes, Colin Rigsby will be on the phone with me. In the meantime, I'm going to do this in two parts. So this is going to be part one of American Pipe Brands, the pipe brands that I think are a good value, good smoking quality, and available on the estate market. The big one is k Woody. Kay Woody, of course, still manufacturing pipes, still making them the way they have been for years, but on the estate market, I want you to keep an eye out for a couple of things in particular. The two-digit shape codes, which will put your pipe probably back into the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and you can start to learn them based off of the uh, finishes and some of the shaping and stylings, and then the four-digit shape codes, those are way older, those are much more collectible. Probably a little more pricier too, but those two digit shape codes, especially in like the relief grain and the flame grain, good looking pipes, smoke really well and a good value. The next one I want to talk about is Edwards. Edwards was absolutely famous for their Edwards Algerian briars. Those Algerian briars and their shaping and styling that was reminiscent of Sheraton. Each one a handmade, unique piece. And then they did some factory shapes, but all really good smoking pipes. In my opinion, way undervalued on what the current, uh, on the U.S. estate market and they smoke really well. That Algerian briar is very forgiving, very naturally sweet, and helps really take the heat out of a bowl. So if you get a chance, keep an eye out for Edwards or any of the Edwards Algerian briars. They've been made in different places. You'll see different series, but the Edwards Company did one hell of a job of making sure that the quality of their pipes, no matter what it was, were all really good and a great value for what they were offering. Moving along, the uh, late Bill Unger wrote the book, literally, literally wrote the book on custom built and the custom built pipe factory. Tracy Mincer started the company. He branched out and did a couple other lines, but the math. Uh, But the custom built were always one-of-a-kinds, completely different than anything else was going on. Little on the uh, stocky, chunky side, but really good smoking pipes. And again, not much of a high demand for them. So when they do come up on the estate market, they're in that reasonable price range. And if they're cleaned, and like any estate pipe, if it's cleaned well, Restored back to as close to new as possible, these are all going to smoke really well for you. One of the oldest brands that I'll mention is WDC or the William DeMuth Company. Uh, William DeMuth was an importer, and WDC specialized in anything that the smoker might want or other men's imported items like walking sticks and canes and men's accessories like that some of these older wdc pipes that you'll see these are going back into the early 1900s you'll see them in different styles different shapes sometimes they come in a fitted case these are all really old really well made european pipes that were brought over here and branded under the wdc brand that brand was then bought over by bought by sm frank and merged into the Wally Frank stores and that's where it ended up going. But if you can find some of those, you're going to find some really old pieces from the WDC company. Now I want to get into a couple of brands that were more of a uh, shop brand, but they were made in the shops and manufactured there and got a little bit of distribution themselves. Uh, Cellini Barock, or the connoisseur pipes of Ed Barock's connoisseur pipe shop and Bertram Pipes from Washington, D.C. Anytime you're going to see Bertram on a, na- on a pipe, Connoisseur, Cellini, and you can throw into that Don Liu from uh, Brooklyn, these are storefront operations where they made really good quality pipes. They made them specifically for their own customers. They kept them in real high standards, real high quality. These pipes pop up on estates They are super low priced. Guaranteed that if they're cleaned up just right, you may want to open them up just a little bit to get a little more air through them. Because back when these guys were making pipes, the draft holes were a little smaller than what we're used to. But any of those pipes are going to be really good quality wood, really well made for the price. And probably will turn out to be some of your better smokers. I've had several in my collection over the years. I have a couple of right now that I just refuse to get rid of. That's just a quick rundown of some of my favorites of some of the long guns and uh, some of the ones that I think are still really good values out on the estate market. Next time we touch this, I'll go into some of the other smaller artisans. The non-store brand artisan carvers will talk about... Uh, the beginning of like the American Smoking Pipe Company and uh, Pipeworks and Wilkie. And we'll get into some of those uh, some of those smaller, what we would consider now artisan brands that are uh, long gone. So, hey, in a minute, we'll have uh, artisan pipe maker Colin Rigsby.
1: This is Internet Radio. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Mearsham corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned.
0: Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Please join me in welcoming to the Pipes Magazine radio show pipe maker extraordinaire Colin Rigsby. Colin, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me on.
0: So let's start at the beginning. Uh, Where'd you grow up?
1: Grew, out, grew up out in uh, West Texas, Abilene, Texas. If you know where that is, probably not. Um, out in the middle of nowhere, pretty much desolate. <laughs>
0: Halfway between there and someplace else.
1: Yeah, having been born in L.A., I guess it was a culture shock. But I was only four, so you know.
0: <laughs> and what was your uh, what, what was your first uh, your first career, your first passion?
1: Uh, when I graduated high school, started college, I found some guys that, uh, needed a bass player, and I had been a violinist for years, and was kind of itching to get back into music, uh, and so I picked up the bass and ran with it, and, uh, I did that for the next 10, 11, 12 years or so. Uh, went through college, actually made it through college, believe it or not, and, uh, then uh then hit the music business pretty hard
0: when did you start smoking a pipe uh early 30s and do you remember the first pipe you bought
1: well it was a board pipe there's this uh neat little shop at the minger hotel in san antonio texas and it's one of my favorite places to go it's a cool little historic hotel and with a cigar shop in it which is great and uh Went in there and started having flashbacks of my father's house with the pipes and the pipe shop that I hung out in as a kid um, that was the typical 70s, 80s type pipe shop with all the stuff on the walls and tons of pipes and tobaccos and the great smells and thought, you know, I need something like this. So I started, uh, you know, buying a couple of pipes and trying different things out and here I am. That was probably
0: the uh, the Humidor Pipe Shop in uh, San Antonio.
1: That would be it,
0: yeah. And Colonel Ralph Rumbo, one of the uh, a, a true Texas character.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard. I never got to meet him, but
0: do you remember the tobacco you started off with?
1: Yeah, it was your typical aromatic stuff. Um, I don't really remember the brand. I'm sure it was some variation of One Q or RLP Six or something like that. Um, and I quickly uh, found out that uh, that wasn't really going to do it for me. So I started uh, experimenting like we all do, I suppose, and, and uh, just buying stuff and uh, trying it. And uh, I've become quite the fan of Latakia.
0: What, was the, uh, what were the first real pipes once you moved off the board pipe?
1: Well, my personality dictates that I get in, interested in something, and then I beat it to death. So <laughs> not only did I start buying pipes and smoking different tobaccos, but I got a hold of every book I could get a hold of and uh, magazines and things and talking to people, and I joined a local pipe club. And uh, I guess my first quote-unquote real pipe was a Peterson um, which I still have and actually smokes pretty good. Uh, and then I kind of graduated on and I started getting, went to Chicago one year and of course that was just a huge epiphany of what, you know, is really out there. And, uh, I bought a few Danish pipes in the beginning. Um, I was attracted to all the abstract shapes and so forth and I thought those were really great. And then I, um, uh, started getting into, uh, English shapes. And, uh, I bought my first older Dunhill and that was pretty much the end of that for me. It was just, it was great that I just, everything else kind of fell to the wayside. And I was like, man, there's just nothing better than a billiard.
0: Do you, out of those books and all that reading that you did, do you, was there one thing that was one thing that you read that was, uh, exceptionally helpful?
1: I suppose, um, a, you know, Gary Schreier's books, and the, these came out a little later, uh, but the books that he's put out and a couple that he's written, um, just, just good reads. And uh, I'm not a big Calabash fan, per se, of the actual pipe, but the book is fantastic and opens your minds to a whole lot of different things and, uh, in the pipe world, that is. And so I would say that one kind of sticks out.
0: And now, when did you decide it was time for you to make a pipe?
1: Well, having been a musician and, and I let that go um, at a point in my life when I decided that, that I was either going to be one of these guys playing in bars at you know 50 years old, and I uh, just just didn't didn't relish that idea at all. And uh, I kind of set that aside, and I dabbled in some other artistic things. For a while and nothing just really appealed to me that much I'd get into something and um, it just it just never really clicked and I was smoking my pipe one day and I started looking at it and I thought you know I'm not I've never done any woodworking I I don't really know anything about it but I bet you I could do this so I got one of those pre-drilled blocks that we've all started with and uh, I did a handful of those and decided that that was a nightmare with a Dremel and files and coping saws and things like that and i said you know i'm gonna buy a lathe. i bought a lathe, and then i bought this and then i bought that and here i am <laughs> it's about the way it happened i guess
0: how many pipes a year do you make
1: pretty low production because i'm not a full-time maker i i try to make one a week but um you know realistically i'm only churning out about 30 a year probably
0: and what i what i find interesting is that Originally, you brought them out under the name Sherwood Briars, and you still use the name and the logo, but yet now you've kind of switched more to using your name on there
1: yeah i I discovered talking to people at shows especially um i you know I understand that people when they go to a pipe show they're overwhelmed by the sheer mass of things to look at and all the distractions and Here's this guy set up with a brand name that's a little unusual, and i I got more than my usual amount of questions about are you a shop or what else do you sell or and then I, I just began to realize that people weren't associating me with being a independent pipe maker so I just decided to start putting my name more out there than than the Sherwood and it's worked.
0: You, you, your Sherwood logo is one of my favorites.
1: It's a- oh well thanks. Yeah, that, Father's in advertising and he helped me put that together I'm a big fan of Art Deco stuff so I kind of tried to come up with something that was unusual and eye-catching.
0: Now, when you started out making, with the pipe making, did you study with anybody or did you just dive into it yourself? And
1: No, I, I currently live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and there's just not really any pipe makers here to speak of. There's a few. There's a couple of really good ones, actually, um, in, close to me. But, uh, no, I I really didn't study with anybody in particular. The closest I got to that was probably Ron Fairchild out in Houston. And uh, not only is he a great guy, but he's just full of knowledge. And uh, he really kind of, I guess, in a way, he was the first one that got me to start thinking more about making more traditional shapes. Um, When I got started, I kind of got off on this tangent of trying to do something different and unusual without copying anybody, and that comes from my music background because I absolutely hated playing covers and other people's music. Well, when I started making pipes, it was the same thing. I don't want to copy this guy's pipe, but I want to take from it what I can and, and learn and, and do my own thing. And some of the stuff I was, I was coming up with was just was not clicking. And uh, when I sat back and you know listened to people like Ron and a few other people, a couple of my customers, you know, started telling me, hey, you've got a knack for making good traditional shapes and variations thereof, you know, maybe you should consider going that direction. And they were right. Because again, that's worked out for me. Well, and I'm much more comfortable doing that.
0: Is there a shape particular that you really enjoy making?
1: You know, cherry wood pokers, um, cutties. I like making billiards too. You know, I just, I, it kind of comes and goes. You know, I I I do a few shapes, you know, the same shape for a few pipes, and then I'll switch and do something else. Or um, when I get orders, of course, you know, I will um, do those. But uh, yeah, nothing in particular, really. I guess.
0: We're gonna take a break right here. We'll be back in just a minute with uh, pipe maker Colin Rigsby. <laughs>
2: Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? 4 stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from 4Noggins.com. is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. 4 for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. <laughs>
0: We are back. Colin's still on the phone. Colin, where do your uh, where does the the pricing on your pipe start out?
1: Uh, high two hundreds, range up to about five, five and a half, somewhere in there.
0: And do you sandblast and sandblast and smooth? You also do you rusticate a little bit?
1: I used to rusticate quite a bit, but uh, now that I've got I've had a blaster now for several years, but um, I've really been working on. Uh, getting a blast of my own, and of course that's one of the hardest things in this <laughs> to do. Um, I really am, am in love with the old Dunhill blast, like a lot of guys are, but I just really, really like it, and uh, so that's kind of what I try to shoot for when possible with the piece. And so, you know, I've I've been known to blast everything I make for long periods of time just because I'm just digging it. So and, you're taking
0: uh, uh, you're taking perfectly good smooth blocks and just blasting them because you know you can
1: i have done that because i've i've had some blocks that just scream blast me and i was right <laughs> they they needed to be blasted so uh i've done that before and I, you know smooth or great if the grain's there i leave it alone typically and i will rusticate typically only when somebody asks for it i've done quite a few orders of the rustication but i haven't produced anything for a show rusticated in a while so
0: Now, you are also a member of the Briar Club, which is a pipe club in in the Dallas area.
1: The North Texas Briar Club, uh, we meet up in Louisville, which is a suburb of Dallas, Fort Worth area. Um, I am the president, treasurer, janitor, everything. And it's a great little club. There's, on on the average, about 10 to 12 people. Um, We've got a few more members than that. And, uh, it's a great bunch of guys. We have a lot of fun. I would encourage anybody out there that can start a pipe club. If if there's not one already.
0: Or if you're in the Dallas area, no dues, just come on by. You bet. Uh, on the website says that the club meets on the third Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m.
1: That's it. We have a host shop there that uh, oven smoke in the area here that, uh, it's very nice for us to, to meet at, so
0: it's a great place. So even if you're traveling through town you can uh, stop in there and hang out with a bunch of pipe guys. You bet. Let's go back to your uh, go back to your music and your other artistic outlets because I'm always I, I'm always fascinated by the people that are in this hobby and the people that you run into and meet. There's a lot of truly renaissance people. You mentioned music. You went from playing the violin to playing bass, and what kind of band was it?
1: Well, a couple of different bands. The first band I was in that was serious was a it was a pretty heavy metal kind of band. Um, I was young and had a lot of energy to expel, so that worked out pretty well. And uh, later on, parts of that band formed into another that it was more of a. Uh, progressive rock slash metal thing uh, for the music fans out there think of rush and dream theater and bands like that um, and that's really where the love was for me i just love that stuff the long complicated arrangements and i had a songwriting partner that just he and i just we would read each other's minds it was great so um that was that was a good time in my life for sure
0: and the, the violin, were you classically trained?
1: I was. Yeah, I was in string orchestra from about uh, the sixth grade all the way through high school. And uh, it was funny. I had a, a teacher conductor um, that took me aside my senior year at the end and said, you know, asked me what I was going to do. And at that point, I wasn't really sure. I knew I was going to college and where, but I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And he says, "Well, you've you've improved greatly over over the last couple of years, but you'll never be a real musician." And I kind of just looked at him and said, "You know what? You're on, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, at that point, in the back of my mind, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do something with this." And um, so that's that's one of the things that drove me to that, I suppose. And you
0: dabbled in the culinary arts for a while.
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, really studied. Cooking and and different aspects of that for a while on my own. Uh, considered going back to school for that, but at that point in my life, I was still recuperating from years in the music business. So in other words, I was broke, and uh, and and had a and had started, gotten married, and was thinking about starting a family. I was like, well, I had a pretty good job at the time, and decided that probably wasn't the best thing to do. At the time. I'm glad I didn't because, I, you know, as interesting as all it is, I don't think I would have stayed with that. So I think I made the right turn going into the pipes instead.
0: So who does the cooking at home? Uh, both of us. <laughs> all right. I hope my wife's not listening. Thank you. <laughs> what pipe shows can we see you at?
1: Chicago, Richmond, and Vegas for sure. Um, I might try to squeeze one more in there. We'll see.
0: And your website is Sherwood Briars. It's S-H-U-R-E-W-O-O-D, BreyerPipes.com. SherwoodBriarpipes.com. Breyer Where else can uh, people get your pipes?
1: Pipesandcigars.com, uh, though they're out right now. And uh, Ewan Reese.
0: And Ewan Reese is the oldest family-owned tobacconist in the United States. Uh, not a not a bad name to have your pipes in there. Not a bad deal. All right, we are going to wrap this up with Are you ready? The fast five final questions. 5 questions, oh, short answer, long answer. There is no right answer, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay? Here we go. Favorite pipe.
1: Old 50s and back English briars.
0: Your favorite tobacco?
1: Fusiliers, Ration, and probably Old iron Ironsides.
0: Your favorite drink?
1: Knob Creek, or I would say Hendrick's Gin.
0: And your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe?
1: Being with friends, talking about pipes or anything really for that matter.
0: And last but not least, how about your favorite place to smoke a pipe?
1: In my smoking room in my house. I have a, a very nice little room that's all to my own that has all my collectibles in it, Tabakiana stuff. I have quite a few old tins and different things, signs on the walls. And it's just it's just a cool place to unwind and relax and get away from things.
0: Speaking of old tobacco Anna and signs, do you have a favorite piece?
1: Um, I've got this fantastic World War II-era poster that the government would have printed encouraging people to vacation at home. And there's this jolly character sitting on his favorite chair with a rack of pipes and a big pitcher of lemonade, and he's got a pipe in his mouth, and he's, kind of lean back with his arms behind his head has got a big smile on his face he's got his trusty dog next to him it's a pretty great poster
0: and with that I'll say thank you for joining us check out Colin's pipes on his website see him at a pipe show check out Colin at his pipe club or uh, form your own pipe club Colin thank you very much
1: thanks Brian it's
0: been a pleasure we'll be back in just a minute Welcome back. Hey, talking to Colin reminded me that uh, I didn't mention anything about the Newark Pipe Show. So I was at the Pipe Show from about uh, 10 a.m. to about uh, 3 p.m. Nice, smaller show. I'd been there before. Hadn't been there in several years, but it is a smaller, more compact show. Much fewer carvers. Michael Linder was there with some of his brand-new pieces. Lots of good retailers. There was a lot of action going on on the show floor early in the morning got to spend some time with uh, some of our regular listeners, both Lou and Tim. It was great talking to you. Uh, Tim, I'm working on that uh, developing your palette idea, so watch for that in upcoming episodes. But there was a good fever pitch. It did die down right around 2 o'clock. Got, a little, got real easy. I will say that that uh, little Starlight Diner coffee shop there at the uh, Wyndham, really good diner, really, really good food for the price. So, if you get a chance next year, it'll be back again in March. They're only doing one show a year in uh, Newark, New Jersey, so make sure and check that out. Hey, listen, a couple of new things have come out recently that I want to make sure everybody uh, gets to take a look at. Uh, there's a new pipe tobacco called LEO. L-E-O. O. It is the It was the w- winner of the People's Choice Award at the 2012 Chicago Pipe Show for the John Cotton Throwdown. Uh, the blend was done by Leonard Wartzel of Lane Limited. It's now out, available in a 50-gram tin, so you may want to check that out. For uh, those of you that are lovers of the old John Cotton blends, this was the People's Choice Award, and it's out and available now. Another thing of interest, especially those of us that uh, like to read, the J.W. Kundal book, Pipes and Tobacco, uh Reprinted and re-released by Gary Schreier's Briar Books Press. The book's a little bit over 100 years old. I haven't read it yet. I'll pick up a copy of it soon. But a 100-year-old book about pipes and tobaccos? Gotta be at least worthwhile picking it up and spending a good afternoon with it. Anything that Gary Schreier does is always top-notch. So hey, how about a little bit of some original entertainment for you right now? If you only hand-hold so the stem won't have teeth marks, you might be a pot collector. If you can remember every model and date of purchase but can't remember your wife and kids' birthdays, you might be a pot collector. If it's too cold to check the mail or take out the trash but you'll gladly sit on the porch for an hour to break in New briar, you might be a pipe collector. If the only house cleaning you do is dusting your pipe collection, you might be a pipe collector. If you put off dental work to buy more pipes, you might be a pipe collector. And I'll add if a friend of yours says he just got his first S bang and you know exactly what he's talking about, you're definitely a pipe collector. Music for today. Uh, We're going to switch gears a little bit. Colin was nice enough to forward me a piece of his music from, uh, from the second band that he was in. It's called From Without to Within.
2: But in reality she was only again Are you going to listen?
0: It's uh, pipe maker Colin Rigsby on the bass there. Hey, guess what?
2: You, the email.
0: Thank yous for your kind words go out to uh, Fred in Denver and Apui from the eastern corner of Singapore. Hey, we're back in Asia again. Love to hear those uh, comments. Love to hear where you're listening from. Uh, the uh, thread about uh, Kevin being interviewed on the show. Hey, did everybody check out the umpaul.com interview of our own Kevin Godby? If you didn't, Oli did a great interview of him. Does that get me off the hook? Please get me off the hook from having to interview Kevin. All right. I read all the forums. I poke around. I read all the comments and I love all the comments that are posted on the, uh, on the forums and on the shows themselves. I do want to say that when you post a comment on the uh, on the shows, it's nice if you actually listen to the show. In particular, the one I'm referring to is comments on uh, episode 24 in which I played a piece of music by Albert King, some old blues. Comments were made by a fella by the name of Foggy Mountain. Now he says... This is the third time I've tried to listen to the radio show. Each time the same thing happened. Obnoxious music to which I just can't listen. If he's calling Albert King's music obnoxious, I don't know what he's listening to. Uh, This was not true of the first show, which started with the question, what music do you listen to? That wasn't the first show, I was talking to Michael Parks, that was the second show, and that was halfway through the uh, interview with Michael Parks. So, Foggy Mountain, if you're going to listen to the show and comment on it, let's listen to it and comment on it correctly, please. When you're referring to the music that sounds like chalkboard, like chalk on a blackboard to you, that's the intro music, which I've had a ton of kind comments on, and that's the end music, which I've had a ton of positive comments on. This is a radio show, it's an entertainment show, and it's sometimes educational, sometimes irreverent, but always entertaining. If you don't like the sound of it, well... I feel sorry for you, because to me what you're writing sounds just like this.
2: I'm old and I'm not happy. Everything today is improved and I don't
0: like it. I hate it. Anyway, now that I got that off my chest, that almost sounded like a rant. Uh, Hey, everybody, please keep posting those comments and uh, questions on the forums and on the shows themselves. Keep posting those uh, iTunes reviews. We're up to 40 of it. I love it. Keep posting those. Kevin and I look at every comment that's posted on them, and we look forward to them all. Guess what? Rant time. Next.
1: This is Internet Radio. There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri corn cob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. <laughs>
0: Cowboy.
2: cowboy
0: this rant is directed specifically at Bloggers, YouTubers, and forum founders slash members. There are a lot of really good bloggers in our hobby. There are a lot of really good YouTubers in our hobby. There are a lot of really good good forum founders, forum members in our hobby. However, there are a batch of bad seeds out there. In my years of working for Stokeby, working at the IPCPR, working at Smoking Pipes, and working at here at Brigham. I have been approached numerous times by people in the media that are YouTubers or bloggers or they've founded a forum or they're a forum moderator and they will come to me and say, hey, if you give me free product, I will talk about it on my form of media and I'll give it a good report. That's not how it works. The professional media places don't exchange free goods in exchange for a good report. These people that are putting pressure on these companies to provide them with free stuff or even going to an artisan pipe maker and asking them for a super special price on their pipe in exchange for talking to, talking about them on their form of media... They're putting a bad taste in everybody's mouth out there for the folks that are doing wonderful jobs on YouTube, wonderful blogs, wonderful forums. They're putting a bad taste in the mouth of these people. Oftentimes I have seen some of these bad seeds write negatively about a supplier because the supplier would not give them free goods so that they could talk about it. So that they could expose it on their forum, on whatever their form of media is. That's not what a professional does. What a professional does is put it out there, sell advertising, sell exposure on on their forum, on their media, on their blog, whatever it is. They use that money to turn around and buy product to... Build up the material on their forum, on their blog, whatever it is. You want to see some really good writing. There's a bunch of really good bloggers out there in this hobby. You want to see it converted to a commercial venture. Look at some of the writing and the people that are doing the writings for... The For Pipes and Tobacco's magazine, look at some of the folks that are doing writings for PipesMagazine.com, look at the NASPC's Pipe Collector, $18 for six issues a year of really good writing from people that are donating their time to it. Look at what Rick Newcomb and Fred Hanna did. They took their writings, put it into a professional venture, bound it, and sold it. And it's all really good writing. This is how professionals or how hobbyists convert over into the profession. Anybody that puts pressure on a supplier or a manufacturer or whatever it is to get exposure to give free goods in exchange for exposure, that's not professional. That puts a bad taste out there in everybody's mouth, especially if you turn around and you badmouth that product because the person wouldn't send you something for free, or because the company wouldn't send you something for free, or because they wouldn't give you a super deal on it. That's not the use of any of these medias, and it's bad for our hobby as a whole. Now, I got that off my chest. That was a big one. I cut it down because it Could have gone on forever about it, because it really does bother me. I will say that I do follow a few folks on YouTube, and I would love your suggestions of some of your favorite YouTube presenters. Please, post your favorite YouTube presenters. Private message me on the forums. Follow me on Facebook. Send me a private message on Facebook. I'd love to see who you like to listen to or who you like to watch on YouTube. There's a ton of people out there. Give me your best advice on it. With that, I will say, if you are interested in advertising on this show, being a a sponsor, there's a whole bunch of different ranges of offerings that Kevin Godby's got. Contact Kevin Godby at PipesMagazine.com. He'll take care of you on all of that. I want to make sure and wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day coming up this weekend. Next week, next week's show, my guest, one of you, one of you, one of the forum members of PipesMagazine.com, Rabbi Eric silver will be my guest I want to say thank you to li- thank you to everybody for listening thank you to smokingpipes.com bom-ba-dee-da, and until to you to you
2: next time Bom-ba-dee-da. He's fine. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just ah. sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy tra- Bum, 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 Again.
0: <laughs> Harris, this is just for you. Well, Gracie, say good night.
2: Oh, uh good night.